Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. The readings for today are very exciting readings. We are going to dive into John 6, and this is the discourse where Jesus says, I am the living bread. And to take a look at that one, we see that in Deuteronomy 8, the first reading for the day, Moses is speaking to the Israelites and telling them some things that are going to help us prepare our thoughts and our feelings to receive the understanding of John 6. What is Moses saying? He's reminding the Israelites that God had directed their journeying in the desert. Think about that for your life and for mine. God walks with us, provides for us. He directs our journeying. He cares deeply, not just to guide us, like Moses is telling them. You were tested by affliction, like us, with a pandemic. There is all of this social tension that is coming forth to the surface. There are financial difficulties. There are all of these afflictions. And in them, we have a test. Are we keeping the commandments as things go topsy-turvy? For the Israelites, this was a real journey for 40 years through the desert. And what does Moses remind them of? You were hungry and God fed you manna. So God is a God that in our journeying is interested in both our physical and our spiritual well-being even in the midst of tests, or especially in the midst of tests. We hear Moses utter words that were in Jesus' own heart and lips. He tells the Israelites, He gave you manna in the desert to show you that not by bread alone does one live, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. And we know that Jesus uses those very words many years later when he's tempted in the desert. The word of God is efficacious. That means it is productive. God spoke the world into existence, as we were talking about in the episode yesterday. In today's words, Moses continues by saying, Do not forget the Lord who's done all these things, so to, to be in that efficaciousness of God in our own life, we remember that God walks with us. He journeys with us. He brings us out of difficulties. He guides us through uh, our own deserts of today. He brings forth water. He brings forth manna. So if God did that for the Israelites, why wouldn't he do that for us too? He is a God of provision and a God of care that journeys with us. So we see this unfold in a very deep and wonderful way in John 6. It's a difficult discourse. And even at the time of Jesus, people left him after he uttered this speech. And he said it in Capernaum, in the synagogue of Capernaum. 
I happened to be able to go to that synagogue, which is not exactly the one in Jesus's time. It's a little bit later. You can still see there the foundation of that um, of that city and of that synagogue. And Jesus utters those words there after the multiplication of the bread. And people are very curious about who this person that multiplied all that bread is. And they are searching for him. They are curious, wondering, well, maybe he can do it again. They're wanting to see if he can do it. But Jesus tells them, don't search for bread that perishes. And as he is pressed on, like we might might press him on, how can this man tell us these things? Jesus says, I am the living bread that came from heaven. This Jew, Jewish crowd would know very well the story we just talked about in Deuteronomy 8. God provided manna from heaven to help them through the journey. And Jesus is saying that he is the living bread, that he came down from heaven. Jesus uses all these paradoxical language movements to transform us, to shape us, to invite us into a depth of understanding. And people around say, what does he mean by this? We've come because we're curious about what he can do with bread and fish and he multiplies them. But what does it mean that he's the living bread? Jesus continues, whoever eats this bread will live forever. That's something that to our own ears can sound puzzling. What do you mean live forever? And then he says, and the bread I will give you is my flesh for the world. These are very paradoxical things. They're put together in ways that make you ponder. And the text of the gospel today tells us, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And the Jews begin to quarrel. Why would they quarrel? The Bible doesn't tell us, but we know from the historical texts and for the, for, um, from the scriptures, you know, the Acts of the Apostles as well, that these first century Jewish people had a lot of rules about food and they did not eat the blood of animals, for example. So here is Jesus telling them not only to eat, to eat his flesh, which in itself is a very bizarre thing probably for them, as it, it could be for us if we do not understand what Jesus is saying, but it's also forbidden. Jesus is asking them uh, to eat something that has blood in it. And actually Jesus talks about his blood that is given for the world and that it has to be drunk. So he's suggesting something that to their mind could be seen as repugnant or, or for, you know, forbidden. And when he's pressed, he doesn't take a step back. He continues and tells them, Amen, amen, I say to you, my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink for the world. At that point, we know, it doesn't say it in today's gospel, but we know that a lot of people left him because they could not comprehend what he meant. You know, Jesus tells us, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. One of the things that I have missed 
the very most in the pandemic is the ability to go to church and receive the Eucharist. The Eucharist has been a beautiful connection to the Lord. I feel strengthened by it. I feel humbled by it. Jesus, in another scriptural story, tells us that he will remain with us until the end of time. Before he ascends, he tells them, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm remaining with you until the end of time. So not only is he remaining with us as God through the Holy Spirit that he sends, but he also tells us that he remains with us in the bread and the wine. If you remember in the story of Moses, the ark that they build for the tablets contains also the rod of Aaron and it contains a pot with some manna from the desert. We have the same thing in our churches. We have a tabernacle that is like the, the one that Moses uh, took around in the desert. And in this case, we have the living bread following John 6. We have the bread and the wine that have been transformed by the very words of Jesus that says, I want to remain with you in this species of bread and wine. And they get transformed to be my body and my blood. And I remain so that I can keep my promise, so that I will be actually present. I will remain in that tabernacle in an act of amazing humility and in an act of amazing love. For a while in my 20s, I moved away from the church in my thoughts, but I could never move away from the church in my heart because the Eucharist has this powerful presence of Jesus, his real presence. And I would sit at the back of the church and converse with him, knowing, feeling, acknowledging that he was there to help me navigate. I studied for three years with the Buddhists. I studied for three years with the Sufis. And I studied for three years with the Taoists. And I was wondering about these uh, ways of thinking about the meaning of life, the origin of life, the end of life, all the big questions and how had they been answered by other cultures. And these people sort of appeared in my life and I had teachers that I studied with. And, and yet every week, several times a week, I would sit in the back of the church and talk to Jesus, knowing that he was truly present and ponder with him these thoughts, these questions, these ideas, and ask for his assistance and his guidance. Much like Moses reminds the people, do not forget that he brought you out from slavery. He brought me out of those paths as well, of um, curiosity and pondering that were very helpful, very useful to come up with my own conclusions. And he guided you, says Moses, through the vast and terrible desert. So did God travel with me after my parents' divorce. And... He feeds you and he gives you drink. 
He cares for your physical needs as much as he cares for your spiritual ones. We hear then that Jesus' words, he is the word of God, carry a special, unique, divine power. They are creative words. So when he says in the Last Supper, this is my flesh and this is my blood, and I leave them not just as a sign, not just as a symbol, but truly as me, remaining with you. And then he gives the command, do this in remembrance of me. He says the remembrance part, which Moses says as well, because remembering the deeds that the Lord has done is essential in our journeying with God. The blood and body of Jesus in the Eucharist are not just a remembrance because his active words tell us, I am the living bread, I am the living blood, and to have life within you, you have to partake of this bread that I am that has come down from heaven. In this paradox, we understand that Jesus's word has a power that can turn this bread and wine that he's drinking with the apostles into his own body and blood, and that as these apostles do it from that moment on, they are also doing it in persona Christi. That means repeating the very words that Jesus said so that anyone else can actually experience that last supper and drink and eat with the apostles, and Jesus is our nourishment, our real food. Just like the Israelites journeyed through the desert, Jesus wants to journey through our deserts. He wants to feed us. And it's as beautiful a relationship as a baby and their mother. Just like a baby is nourished by the milk of the mother in that kind of bond that is life-giving, that from the body of the mother comes this milk that the baby survives with and nothing else can take its place the same way. In an even more profound and amazing way, Jesus, who is God himself, says, I remain with you in this bread and this wine that are my own flesh for the life of the world. The other two readings for today are a psalm, Psalm 147, and the first letter of the Corinthians, of Paul to the Corinthians 10. They're very short, and they both speak in reference to this gift that it is that Jesus chooses to remain with us, to feed us. The psalm tells us, praise the Lord who strengthens us, who gives us peace and grants us the best wheat that he can give us. And his word is a command to the earth. When we follow his statutes and ordinances, he remains with us. So it continues to expand on the idea of Jesus remaining with us and being filled, filled with the best wheat. In the letter of Paul to the Corinthians, Paul says the cup of blessing that we bless is not a participation in the blood of Christ. He's asking them. 
The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? When we partake as a family of the bread and the wine, we are united in that nourishment like the Israelites in the desert. And that unity is what makes us into the body of Christ. It is not because we say so. It is not because we imagine so. It is because Jesus is the word of God and he's telling us, I remain in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me. And that is, I want to feed you. I am the sacrificial lamb and I come to you under these species so that I can remain with you. In fact, we are turned into tabernacles ourselves in the participation of the Eucharist. But unless we eat it, we cannot have eternal life. I heard Bishop Barron discuss the verb that is used in Greek in this passage. And it's very interesting because there's a word phagein in Greek that is to eat, but there's another one, trogain, that is really knowing like an animal. And that's the word that is used in this part of John 6. So we are coming to Jesus not as elevated beings, but we're coming to him as really homo sapiens. We are coming as almost like our animal side saying, come within us, show us the way, feed us, elevate us, redeem us. And it is an act of humility to receive his body and his blood because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve that the divinity comes within us. And so the sense of eating it is the sense that we are unworthy, that he is God and we are not.